Welcome to Deconversion Therapy. This is Karen. This is Bonnie. And you've reached the podcast of us. Yes. Not, not the famous TikTok that Karen not is that. blowing up the world with. It is blown. Um, and not the Twitter that I ignore. Not the Facebook group that's closed <laughs> and that's great. And we've had a lot of new members and it's funny, and it's sweet, and it's real. Um, you can go see that. Not the Instagram, where we put crazy stuff. And last but not least, it is not the newsletter, which we just had one go out. We're uh, liking that community, because it's, it's sort of like a secret community within a secret one. It's like the Illuminati <laughs> wrapped in... The scions stuck in the Qatars. Those all mean something somewhere. Um, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> it's just comfortable, I think, though, not I, knowing. I think like, there's like secret uh-huh. societies, right? It's like, yeah, skull and somewhere. crossbones. It's our skull and crossbones. Um, uh, let me show you a picture of what my secret society is. Look what I got in the mail. You got a TV guide from 1942. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, it's phenomenal. The ads in here are awful. Uh, you know, they're all for cigarettes. What What year is it? Um, 79. Oh, okay. And um, But, like, every advertisement is for either alcohol or cigarettes. <laughs> right, right. Or, or shaving hair off your body. Yeah, well, but, yeah. Um, but only for men. Of course. And yeah. you got it off, like, eBay? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, my friend Paul had sent me something from a TV guide from 1979, and I was like, I would like to see that whole issue. And it's just that easy. And uh, the funny part that I was waiting to tell you, and, of course, I tossed it out because I forgot it was funny, the, the man who runs the shop is a pastor, or something. And um, it's like, Pastor Bob's media. Right, right. <laughs> and, he, and he did the whole thing where he told me to be blessed and yada, yada. And yep. I'm like, okay. All Let right. me go in my my hoard in my basement. <laughs> Let me kick like, these bones aside. And then right. here it is. And dig into Frank Costanza's TV collection. <laughs> right. <laughs> TV guides. <laughs> I love it, though. Um and on here, this is the this is what I enjoy doing is just a little bit of um, of investigative stuff, a little forensic TV guide <laughs> label right. investigation. Um, it was sent to our Yurik, so of course, both my gay friends are like, "Is it Robert Robert Yurik?" <laughs> I guess I'm gay. Number three, right here. I loved Robert Yurik. So, well, um. So the label on it is addressed to an institution called the Southbury Training School, and it's in Connecticut. And I look it up. It turns out it was built in the 30s, and it was this state-operated residential facility for adults with intellectual disabilities. Oh, no. That's a whole Geraldo special I watched that is disturbing. It actually is. And the school... 
the the administrative building looks familiar. Like it looks like something I've seen in a documentary recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to put it together like, oh my gosh, was this part of the Nexium thing? It was some documentary that I watched where they went into this uh, institution that had been closed down and they, they roamed around in there. And everything was like a ghost town. I right. can't remember Sounds what it like was. Sounds like one of those like ghost shows, you know, when they're like, hey, let's go in there and bring these lights that glow green. And yeah, and it, it's ghosts. so weird. I've watched so much TV with this pandemic that I don't know what know, I've watched sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, so then, of course, they, end, they ended up with, like, in the 80s and 90s, um, that uh, they had been treating the people poorly. So the conditions of the place... Yeah, we're, we're not so hot. So, um, like, that's just a whole other story that spawns off of one little label on some old TV guide. Anyway, yeah, um, that could keep you keep you thinking for days. Uh, um, I know it could go down all the rabbit would holes. It, be, it would be really weird if Geraldo's thing is in there. What if you look and on Geraldo, he talks <laughs> about those places and that's the place i've got to find out if i've seen this in an interview or i mean in a documentary before yeah maybe (laughs) maybe i'll just go look on my my watching history (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can't even remember what i've seen what i haven't um last night i was talking to some people and they were like recommending shows and my whole mind went blank because i've watched so much and it's like I couldn't pull out the ones that I thought were really good. And then right. some that I did like, I'm like, oh, they're talking about like British, you know, classics. And I think mine was a teen movie about a crush. <laughs> so I'm just sort of like, ah, I'll skip oh, this. I'm going to skip this They're topic. in a different genre. They are. And they're not watching Alone. So Alone is back, which is one of my favorite, where they throw individuals by themselves into, like, half of a continent that's, you know, somewhere in the Arctic or something. But they're not near each other, and they're only allowed to have a handful of stuff, and they're just going to stay there for months and months by themselves, like eating berries and then vomiting by themselves right there. Like, if I even feel a a tinge of illness, if I was alone. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, That's that's my favorite. Hey, do you want to trigger your fight or flight response? I think Come join our show. I think that's why I watch these. I, I don't know. Because I'm always in fight or flight, so maybe it's just fight or flight. I don't know. Or freeze. Or, or. Fawn. Fawn, yeah. Or flip for gymnasts. <laughs> so Paul, the guy who was sending me TV Guide stuff that caused me to get the TV Guide, also yesterday was texting me and um, showed me a clip of the guy who we did a show on who went to the island off of South Africa yeah. and tried to... Uh, witness to them. Right. John Chow. Yep. And so uh, there was uh, a guy there doing his commentary on TikTok with Mm -hmm. John's picture behind him. And um, 
And so I told Paul we did an episode on him and that he had a waterproof Bible, which, of course, is maybe the only thing I can remember from the episode. And um, and he goes, my mom's cousin married one of those, one of those. He goes to Africa every year and brought his teenage daughters. He's American from California. So I said, you mean a missionary, <laughs> not a man on an island who can't communicate? He goes, I don't know what they call him. He's not Mormon. It's a Christian charity thing. <laughs> <laughs> and That's... I said, Karen was a missionary for a while after college. She went to Australia, Thailand, India. And he said, wow, obviously she's redeeming herself, but I think that's just awful of those churches. <laughs> so the whole he idea that somebody... <laughs> yeah, the whole idea that somebody doesn't know what a missionary is... Exactly. ...is, is baffling to me. Yeah, yeah. So... On TikTok again, when I was talking about missionaries and people were like, this is still happening. And a lot of people said, oh, those Mormons. I'm like, no, this isn't counting the Mormons. These are Christian missionaries. And they're like, JWs? I'm like, no. Um, But yeah, it's amazing when I think that people don't realize how many people are doing that. So there are a few things about that John Chow thing. One, I was reading recently that there's been some maybe charges or different things because I think his family feels that maybe he was coerced by the mission organization that he was with. I think it was 12 tribes. But, you know, it's hard to prove that kind of coercion because I think I know what they mean. I think they mean that he felt he wanted to do something special. He'd pray. He'd say, I think maybe I'm being called. And people would be like, yes, you are, brother. I see the spirit of the Lord on you. You know, that kind of coercion. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not sure what's happening there. But the other thing, the reason it's been in the news a lot is because, what is it, North Sentinel Island? That Mm -hmm. island now has someone who made contact with them. And I don't think it's it's definitely not a white American, but I don't know. I don't know if they're American. They look Asian, but I don't know what the purpose is. I don't even want to look too much. I'm think they said it was some kind of anthropologist, but I'll look into it. Oh it's my God. Just like, Let me guess. Stop. He just wanted just them to get COVID. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's not just COVID. Like everything, you know, that we don't even right. realize can kill people. So that is just frustrating why we just have to keep going to places and keep fucking up everyone. Anyway, that's that. <laughs> That's our way. That's what we like to do. Uh, um, all right, now I've got to find that out, though. I know. I won't do it right now. Yeah, no, we will not. <laughs> We're trying to keep our hands off our phones. Um, but did I finish with our announcements? I think I did. Oh, I wanted to talk about the newsletter. That's when people say, do you have a Patreon? No. We have a way you can sponsor us, and that's through our newsletter. It's $7 a month, and we give away a candle each month from Illuminidals. 
Um, but yeah, that's the end of those. I was thinking. And we write a little bit more of a serious thing in there. We do. Of it's, what we're thinking the about. Depths, and the depths of our <laughs> What's heart. on our hearts. Mm-hmm. What's um, revealed. Our and thought what life. I, what I didn't write this time was something that I can't shake, and that is how I am grieving way more than I thought I would for the people in the Miami building that collapsed. Yeah. And um, just like I was telling you, I went, my brain went launching off of the TV guide right. uh, into a story about somebody's life, and uh, there's so many stories. In there that are. building. And I was obsessed with what they would be before we even knew what any of them were. And um, and now that they're slowly coming out, it's there's uh, there's just this phenomenal one. And, of course, it just makes me nuts, though. There's one woman, and she and her boyfriend never got to spend time with each other on the weekdays because her son was always there. Her son wasn't there, and she convinced him to stay the night. And he did instead of going home. And if he would have gone home, he would have been in the part that collapsed. And, um, of course, she was like, it's just God. I, totally. <laughs> I wanted to go, oh, Fuck my God, God you. hates all your neighbors. Exactly. I, oh. It pisses me off. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, and it, so we're recording this by the time this comes out. When we're recording this, they're about to demolish the rest of the existing building. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine. I was I was thinking, like, if you're in that part that's still, still standing, one, you'd get the hell out of there. But also, would you get your furniture out there? Would they let you go back in no. to get your stuff? Would no. you have to just say bye to everything? Yes. And then, you know, the money involved to reimburse not only the families of the people who died, but the people who were in the other building for all their property, just, it's going to be a nightmare. I I can't seem to shake it. Yeah. And so um, I'm going to try to get myself perked up a little bit for the morons that we found to talk about this week <laughs> well should we call them morons i think so, at least one yeah. it's fair to well what we did is i happened to find pastors out of florida which is where you live but where we're both from and now because i was busy this week and you nicely jumped in and you picked some out of tennessee which is where i live so you get to just leave all that Florida stuff behind and get welcomed <laughs> to the fresh air of Tennessee, um, as long as no one's smoking nearby. Um, <laughs> and I like what you put in the, in the title. You said, we don't even need to talk about Greg Locke. I keep wanting to do him, but he's so fucking infuriating <laughs> that... I, you would just have to give me free range to just say everything I want to about him. Very little of it might be funny. A lot of it might be threatening. But yeah, I know. I just, I can't stand him. I don't know if you heard the latest, but I think he, is he suing, um, I think, uh, uh, 
Biden, Oprah, and Tom Hanks. So. Oh, yeah, because he mentioned them in a tweet or something. Oh, no. He said he mentioned them in a tweet, and then he said, they're never going to sue me because if they sue me, then I've got a thing called disclosure on my side, and I can get in and get this information and that information. And he's acting like they've got something so exciting to hide. Oh, that's that right. That's why I can they bring, wouldn't sue him. I can bring witnesses. Oh, he's so... <laughs> I, I know. I'm done. All right. So we have some others that you picked, though. And yeah. some of them I've talked about lately on TikTok or different things. So I cannot wait to jump in. Well, um, I'm going to start with one that was the inspiration for a song. And right. I'm just going to read you the song lyrics because there have never been song lyrics that were quite as on the nose as this before <laughs> and um, just describe the whole thing. And then we can go back and talk about it. Um, this is a band called, let's see, the drive-by truckers. Oh, and the in- drive-by truckers. I think Jason Isbell used to be in that. And uh, I know huh? some people <laughs> who know them and then that's it. Well, I listened to the song, and then I looked up the lyrics, because they're pretty, pretty easy to uh, to understand. Uh, and I usually have a problem with that, which is why I point that out. I never hear lyrics correctly. And, you know, I'll look something up 40 years later, and I'm like, that's what they're saying in that song. Oh, my gosh. Um, so this is, this is the story. It was an open and shut Okay, take two. (laughs) That's up the third word. It was as open and shut as anything I have seen. He was a pillar of town. His reputation was clean. It was right before Easter in the first week of spring. He didn't show up for service that Wednesday night. The congregation knew something weren't right. Blood on the bed when they opened the door. The preacher was dead on the bedroom floor. Everyone knew there had to be some outside thing that made this happen because they seemed like the perfect family. He'd been shot in the back a day before he was found. His wife and three kids were nowhere around. An Amber Alert was issued in town. Everyone was shocked at the scene of the crime. She'd taken the kids across two state lines, found her in Orange Beach with the kids in the car, sent back to Selma to await her trial for first-degree murder. That doesn't rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) Murder. Was she crazy or just plain old mean to have gone and done it? She said she heard the bang and was afraid he'd be mad and made a run for it. Said they were having a fight and the gun was a bluff. She didn't pull the trigger. It just went off. Said that he berated her about everything. Make her do things that made her feel so ashamed. Nobody at church would ever suspect. Made her dress up slutty before they had sex. In the courtroom that day, there was an audible gasp. What they put up on display, the locals couldn't quite grasp. There was an audible gasp in the courtroom that day when the defense pulled out and displayed them high-heeled shoes and that wig he made her wear, reduced her charge to voluntary manslaughter, and I ain't judging either way, but she's already out of jail, and it was them high-heeled shoes and that wig he made her wear. (laughs) That that does not, that (laughs) reads like, a book. 
I can't. I, I don't understand where the melody is, but I do like that. I, by I won't. I will spare you. Yeah. <laughs> I won't sing it for you. But um, so this is Mary Winkler's story. I know. Henry Winkler's sister. That's not true. Um, <laughs> anyway. And not only did that story inspire the song, but she also got a Lifetime movie made out of this story called The Pastor's Wife. And who played her? Rose McGowan. I know. That was an interesting pick. I wasn't prepared for that. But yeah, I remember the whole Mary Winkler thing. So, well... So this was March 2006, and like the song says, so the pastor, Matthew, just didn't show up for service. So they went over to his house, found him dead. Um, this couple had been married 10 years, and um, there was also a neighbor who said the pastor had threatened to shoot their dog if it wandered back on their property. So... You're not getting everybody saying, oh, yeah, Pastor Matthew was a delight. Right. It was, it was a lot of crap. And, um, and more crap came out because Mary, after they brought her back to face what had happened, she says um, she and her husband had argued about money. And, and then she says, I guess that's when my ugly came out. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, your ugly doesn't seem so ugly when you see what had happened. Um, she said that her husband berated her and often. And then, like the song says, forced her to wear slutty costumes for sex. And did you see the proof that she brought into court? Yeah. It's this awesome pair of like Pam Anderson, super crazy platform high heels. Stripper heels. Yeah. Yep. And a wig, of course, in a plastic Ziploc. <laughs> um, and she's just sitting there just like, you know, not happy that she has to show all this shit to everybody in the neighborhood and, and have plus, them see it. Right. Like it's all over the papers. It was yeah. huge and went everywhere. But I remember when it first happened, they thought that the wife and daughters were kidnapped. So they like, mm-hmm. you know, because there was no way. Because this is like, this is a mousy woman. So mm-hmm. there was no way they thought she would have done anything um, because he was, you know, the real jerk and she was the sweet docile one so i think they were yeah looking for a kidnapper so when they found her and the daughters like alive just like eating it up you know (laughs) is that where they found her we just making this i don't know i know i don't know i know they were in orange beach which is a bad choice but i a bad choice because (laughs) Because it's Orange Beach, but no, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think they were pretty surprised, going like, why why are you so calm? And she wasn't crying or anything. Yeah, what you doing down here in Alabama? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh gosh. So did so, you? So um, 
so the other thing that I was going to mention is they were arguing about finances because she had fallen for one of those internet tricks by like the Nigerians who say they're going to send you a check yeah. to deposit if you send them a check and they send you a bad check, but you've sent them a good check. And so um, this was what year was this? Like I'm going to 2006. Uh, so I'm going to say it's OK. That was that was a new thing. New ish. It was so, new ish. The interweb was newer than yep. it is now. And she's probably a really nice, just uh, earnest person. Yeah. You know, who probably didn't want to wear those shoes and wigs. Right, for sure. And um so so that was uh that was in Selmer, Tennessee. And her husband was the pastor of the Fourth Street Church of Christ. Not Baptists. Oh no. Let's so just of, let's Church just, of Christ is a mess too. So this is what was interesting with that when you're talking about the whole like scam when she when they cleaned out the bank accounts she told him the night before and they got in an argument and then he was dead the next morning so that really is sort of hard to be like I was the victim and he was berating me you know okay was he yelling at you because you just gave all your money to a fake scam or, you know, that's the part that they never could really tie down. Um, yeah. Cause she would be the only buddy to say, I guess she was the only witness. Yeah. And did you um, hear about her when she was let out of jail to await the trial and she didn't have custody of her kids? Mm-mm. So she lives in McMinnville, which isn't far from here, and is where my daughter is going tonight, not to her house, but to see a concert in that area. But um, when she was let out of jail awaiting a tri- awaiting trial, people saw her at the local bar with uh, like a girlfriend. There's rumors that she was gay. There's rumors that maybe the guy was gay. Um, but she was seen at a bar, and people took surreptitious pictures of her laughing, Ooh. smoking, and drinking. So not two months before, she was this docile, you know, I've been mistreated, I'm a preacher's wife. And now she was very comfortable in a bar setting, drinking and smoking. So I think the locals really weren't too sure of her innocence. Right. And um, her uh, her quote here says, you know, um, that she denied pulling the trigger, but <laughs> the quote says, I just wanted him to stop being so mean. Like, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she didn't serve much jail time. She spent just over five months total in jail. Yeah. Um. And she talked to Oprah and even said, I can't believe I only served that much time. Yeah. So that's your first pastor. Oh. But it's pastor adjacent. So Yeah, yeah. Too bad it's still a good story. <laughs> so next up we've got this guy, Byron Yawn. He's a pastor. 
at... Did I even put where he was a pastor? Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he was a pastor, and there was this baseball player and his wife, a professional baseball player who didn't mess around. Like, he made piles of money. Um, so his name was Ben Zobrist, and his wife was Juliana. And I think they even went to pre-marriage counseling with Byron, the pastor. Um, and then they consulted him after they got married. And um, uh, sure enough, pastor decided he was going to hit on Juliana. And they had a secret affair with sex. <laughs> and I say with sex because his wife, the pastor's wife, is the one who found the burner phones. Yeah. Yikes. Burner phones. That's so planned, you know? Right. It's not like, oh, we were just in an office and no one was around and he touched me. It was like, we're going to go buy a burner phone? That's intention. Anyway, um, so that went on for a year. So the pastor's wife finds the phone. And something in the article that I read uh, is what what said, uh, you know, they had sexual intercourse because she was under the impression it was an emotional affair, which I just feel like that's probably mm. what the pastor tried to sell it as. Yeah. Or did she want to believe that, uh, you know, in some kind of denial? Like, he's hoping she'll stick around. Oh, it was just an affair of the emotions. Right. My thought life got <laughs> My thought carried life. away. Um. So, uh, so Byron, the pastor, had been in charge of Ben, the baseball player's charity as mm-hmm. well, and then got in trouble for using the tithe that Ben was giving. Can you imagine? He was make he gave up eight million dollars at one point to take four months off and work on his marriage. So, can you imagine the tithe that's coming into this church? Seriously, unbelievable. And this is um, Community Bible Church in Nashville. And Ben Zobris lives, I think, in Spring Hill, Tennessee, south of. Where I am, because I remember watching the stinking uh, World Series with my dad, and this guy was huge. Like, he was, you know, I don't know if he got most valuable player the year that they won the... the World Series, and someone out there is crying at me getting everything wrong, but <laughs> I just remember, you know, then seeing something in the paper that he lived here, and I didn't understand that, like, professional ball players don't have to live in the town where they play for because they're that rich. They can just yeah, and they travel so back much and forth, right? Of the season. So, yeah. So there was probably plenty of downtime where his mm-hmm. wife was just like, I guess I'll go see the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is just, and that's another like embarrassing thing because that was splashed all over the pages. And to just be like, I am this professional baseball player, I have this beautiful wife who, she wanted to be a speaker and a singer, like you said, but that he then has to sue because this pastor has been sleeping with her the whole time. Not that it should be humiliating, but I'm sure it is that he just trusted him with everything. 
Yeah, and I'm sure it is because it's the the stories flipped. I mean, it's usually the wags, wives and girlfriends of the famous sports figures who get cheated on. Right. And right. not vice versa. Yeah. And it um, reminds me of I don't know if you remember in youth group, but we did such stupid things. And one was that we had f- friends and they were dating and the guy was going on vacation. And so we did this stupid thing, which sometimes happened. I don't get it. He told one of his friends, hey, watch and take care of her while I'm gone. <laughs> well, we're in high school. I don't know what this really means. But it's some kind of manly, you know, protect my woman or something. Anyway, they definitely did spend time Took care together. Of one another. <laughs> so oh, I'll have to ask you off pod who that was because I can't remember. But the whole go take care of her thing is exactly what happened with Debbie Reynolds when she was married to Eddie Fisher and she had two little babies at home and Elizabeth Taylor, her best friend needed comforting. So she was like, Eddie, go be with her and Eddie bead with her. (laughs) (laughs) And then boop. Bye Debbie. Right. I'm going to be here with Elizabeth Taylor. Um, Yeah. Take care of her. You just got to do a Mike Pence. You just don't be in the same room. You have to. Anyone but mother. Don't comfort anyone. Don't be there for anyone. Just let them sit home and cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, all right. So so that's my that's my other one. Okay. Then I'm saving what I consider the most interesting one, which will then launch off into a whole episode, I hope. Okay. Okay. Um, So then there's this other guy who basically... Let me describe him first. Okay. He's either aged out of the sort of Beatles wannabe or the monkeys wannabe, or (laughs) he's trying... Because of hair? The hair. Or he's trying to emulate when Caitlyn Jenner, when is Bruce Jenner... Right. That's sort of a Bruce Jenner hair situation. It's ah, it's like that California. It's 80s it's straight, hair. and I can't figure out who cut it I, because it's got it's choppy. It's choppy, and it just it, sort of yeah. is weird. Yeah. So anyway, he's got mop mop hair. Do you think? Do you think maybe it's not real? I am not. I am you, the worst at spotting a toupee. No. Why would a toupee be choppy? Wouldn't you just I, get a? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But it also looks like his part is that you know early two thousand zigzag that people used to do with their parts. Yes, those are very clever. If you want to hide your scalp or Ooh, um, maybe that's what or he's... your your gray or something. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, his part is zigzaggy, which makes me think there's not scalp under there. There's net. <laughs> Could be. I don't, I don't know. know. <sighs> but um, but his temples are very gray. Maybe the t- where his temples are gray. Maybe that's just the hair he has. Yes. And that the rest just plooped on top. Yep. All right. Maybe. And I think a lot of this comes, 
And and I don't think that he was completely in his right mind when everything happened because he had been married for God like forty years to the same woman. Okay, start who he is and all that. His no. Name. Okay. <laughs> so this pastor had been a, a widower since two thousand seventeen. So when we're talking about this, I, I keep I keep going back to, okay, he was in some kind of an emotional distressed state. Okay. Nevertheless, he's a pastor. He persisted. And they are, yeah. So um so Sam Boyd, he steps down as the pastor of Forest Hills Baptist Church two years later, September 2019. It turns out he had been having inappropriate relationships with several women, and this was due to an investigation that was launched after his own daughters reported him to the church elders because they were worried about his, quote, spiritual well-being. Oh. So it's bad enough that your daughters report you. Or knew. That's icky. Right. Yep. So, um, so, so once they discovered he had, so the elders investigated, I just like to think of like these white haired old men, like (laughs) we're on it. (laughs) Launch the investigation. I'm glad my jacket has shoulder, (laughs) I mean, has elbow pads for me doing the the crawl across the, the lawn to peek in the windows. So... So uh, the information said that some of the relationships that he was having that were inappropriate were sexual in nature. And I'm thinking, oh, what were the other ones? If they were inappropriate, how were they inappropriate? The way he talked, that he spent time alone with them, that he, his hand grazed their knee. Um, I... Think not. I think those were just the ones that they couldn't prove. Yeah. Um, but I I keep going back to like, okay, he's been married to the same lady for 40 years. Assuming he didn't stray. He's like, he's looking around like, is this my second chance? Right, right. I don't know. I married her early because I met her when I was 17. I never got to date anyone else. But when it talks about inappropriate, if I'm putting on the church-filtered glasses, who knows if that is spending the time and talking with someone who's married or whatever it is. All that would be considered inappropriate. Um, That's a good point. It could be the grooming attempt true. or something. Or an emo- it could be the emotional affair that we were talking about before. It could, it could be um, that he kept wearing his toupee and stop. it kept flying off. So um, they come so out of a room <laughs> <laughs> and he has his toupee stuck on her <laughs> chest. On a styrofoam thing with a pin poked in. <laughs> okay, so he resigns his job at Forest Hills, whatever church it was, and then, you know, lays low for about a year, which I'm thinking, if you've got money to lay low for a year, 
You've been paid well. Right. Your tithe was too nice. <laughs> yeah. So um, he started a new church. Oh. Like, yeah. Oh. After, wait, he started the new church after the... After stepping the, down. After the elders came in and said, The elders Stop. came in, Got it. found out about the relationships. He said, okay, I'm leaving, laid low for a year on what funds I don't know, and then started a new church. All right. So he's listed as the pastor of New Life Fellowship of Franklin. Shit. Yeah. See, um, <laughs> this However, is... upon clicking the link, it goes into something for the site, and it says, oh, this isn't a good site. This isn't safe. I bet. And so I didn't... I didn't it detected I didn't... you're a woman, and it's like, <laughs> not safe. In announcing the new church, he didn't even mention Forest Hills Baptist or why he departed. Nope. But... The decision to start it came after a year of waiting, praying, listening, and healing. See, you can say that about anything. That's what yeah. pisses me off. Thanks. So he said he was convinced that the next right thing in his life is to start a simple church, emphasizing inspirational music, <clears throat> no thanks, <laughs> intentional prayer, what does that mean? Mm. Biblical teaching. Well, that's every church. And communion through the Lord's Supper. I don't know if that church is still around. I but I don't know, but I just quickly looked up their Instagram, and it seemed like he was yeah. trying to brand himself. There's just like four posts, and they're the ones with all the words, you know, that are superimposed graphically on a wall, mm -hmm. and underneath is a parked bike. So I'm looking at one of those pictures <laughs> and I hope he's still alive because I'm going to feel bad if we're making no, fun of somebody who's not. No, I think he's still alive. Not. I just don't think that this saying inspires me. It says, sometimes God allows, leads, or even forces us to a place where we do something we would never have considered. Mm -hmm. Simply because we find ourselves at that place. Oh, so proximity? I don't know. <laughs> Did he get there on the bike? Why is he at that place? But it's interesting that he says that God sometimes forces us to a place. Forces. As in, you know. This is God's mm, fault. Mm, mm. I know. So God has to ruin everything. Here's my other favorite little tidbit. It's just a throwaway sentence. The first worship service is slated to be held later this month at the Marriott Hotel in Cool Springs. <laughs> oh, I know that Marriott. Interesting. Really, interesting. you know that Marriott. Interesting. Yes. Were you just in proximity mm. to a fancy pastor? Just pro yeah. What's his name? Sam Boyd? I'm, I'm going to Google him. I'm looking for an inappropriate relationship. <laughs> but not one of sexual nature. <laughs> All right, let's go into this last one, which I know a little bit about, so I'm excited. This covers quite a few pastors. Sure. A kind of pastor, a genre, <laughs> if Yeah, so I'm hoping that next we can take on the genre because there's a movie or a, or a a TV special about it. I, I think we should watch and and share about. It might be the one I talked about a couple months ago on here. 
that I watched that was very disturbing. You talked about it? Uh, the, well, I talked about one that I watched, but go ahead. Good let's Lord, get into this. I have the worst memory ever. Okay, so. Or you're the worst person. So this one memory. has okay. Tennessee roots and um and it and it bleeds over for those of you who are geographically challenged into neighboring Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. So um but there but there's a Tennessee connection. So I I started down this rabbit hole of information by finding out that there was a guy who used to handle snakes as part of his pastor show. And a snake bit him and he said, no, no, don't help me. And then the ambulance got to the church and he was gone and he was home. And he was at home, and when they came to check on him at home, the wife said, no, no, he doesn't want any help. And he died. So part of what... Logic. (laughs) Part of his whole performance or show was handling snakes because they reference snake handling in the Bible. And it's a show of faith. And it didn't work out this time. It did not. Unbelievable. And and he had been bitten. I've got it here in the notes. He had been bitten before and always refused help. And I guess he figured it would just be like before. Well, that's where God then proves himself. And then people get more impressed and come and see this great, you know, way God's working. Well, because if you get bit and survive, <laughs> then you get an extra tie. That's so. Um, so that was Jamie Coots, best name ever. <laughs> totally. Jamie Coots. So he was bitten in February of 2014, and I've got bullet points here. I'm not sure if they're in quite the right order, but let me just mention to you that way back in 1947, Tennessee put a law in place banning ownership of poisonous reptiles because five people in churches were killed over a span of two years. 1947, they knew not to handle snakes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I hate to say it, but do you think that these snake handling pastors now were reading about this <laughs> or anything in their history? I'm sure books? they. <laughs> I think, <laughs> but it's against the law, anyway. But he was it in Kentucky, against, so I don't know about the Kentucky law against God's law. <laughs> we no. got to go over the border to have these snakes in our church, anyway. Um, So this is where Tennessee comes in. Andrew Hamblin of the Tabernacle Church of God in La Follette, Tennessee. Did I say that? La Follette, yeah. He appeared in this National Geographic special, which is what I want to watch, Snake Salvation. (laughs) No, I watched, it's called, I think it's HBO. It's called Alabama Snake, and it will scare the shit out of you. But it's about these kinds of churches, these people, more deaths happen, um, more terrible things. But 
just to give the mood of it, it seemed that people who went to these churches, they all came from like six families, although there's 700 of them. Um, and Am I allowed the to churches, laugh at that? Okay. Yes. <laughs> the church buildings are small and ramshackled. Yeah. And the singing is like that eerie, you know, sound. But at the same time, there seems to be a, a little dash of meth mixed oh, in. Oh, gosh. Maybe like, like naturally occurring oh, meth. I don't exactly know, but a lot of the people that they would interview had big substance issues. Interesting. And meth problems, but also, you know, well, I believe it. I saw it with my own two eyes, you know, type of thing. So Jamie Coots was the pastor in Kentucky, and he was the mentor for Andrew Hamblin. Okay, so, so Jamie Hamblin. Coots died. Yeah, Jamie Hamblin's Coots is the one who another died. one. Okay. Andrew Hamblin uh, calls himself the Jimmy Swaggart of snake handling. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you think that's a good idea? So Hamblin, the mentee, the self-titled Jimmy Swaggart of Snake Handling, <laughs> is now the pastor of the Free Pentecostal House of Prayer in Gray, Kentucky, or at least it was as of this most recent writing, with his new wife. I don't know if he had an old one that he got rid of or something. Right. But I like how they phrase that, with his new wife, Taylor. And Sweet. he shows that the group of Pentecostal snake handlers are increasingly calling on doctors for help when they get bitten while handling venomous snakes, snakes <laughs> instead of simply praying that they don't die. Oh, so steps good, have been good, taken. Good. They Man. Have, yeah, they're just at least learning to reach out to the resources that exist in life. But see, that itself makes no sense. <laughs> Either you believe you will be safe from snakes or you do not hold the snake. You I don't... know, the people who come to a Sunday service with snakes, that's a lot of alliteration, <laughs> don't know about the person who got bit. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Um so, and they're like, I just want to see a snake. Right. Um, so he says they're also taking more precautions. Since Jamie died, I've offered a rattler to no one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a rattler. <laughs> I am the shepherd and I am responsible for what happens in this building, Hamblin said in the report in which he reveals he only now occasionally pastors with snakes. <laughs> <laughs> but look at the picture that I put in there. The guy, the guy that passed away is talking to the reporter for the National Geographic special. And just behind them are all these boxes with of snakes. Of snakes. <laughs> so it's just such a weird gimmick to fall on. Like, yeah, this this is. It almost makes me respect the fake faith healers because at least they're like, we're going to do something supernatural in the Bible that helps people. Right. Not right. just has me, you know, going out and buying a bunch of mice to feed to these snakes 
for yeah. us to hold them. It's crazy. So um, just little tidbits also uh, that I needed to throw in here. Um, Pastor Coots, the one who ended up dying, had a parishioner die in 1995 after she was bit by a rattlesnake during one of his services and refused an anti-venom treatment. No charges were filed in Kentucky. (laughs) Wow. And how do we know that she refused the anti-venom treatment? Well, yeah... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, So um, let's see. So when when Pastor Coots got bitten by the one that ended up killing him, um, his son Cody said, uh, "Cody Coots." Cody Coots said, "The snake that bit him. We've been carrying him to the church for about four months. So apparently, that's a thing." Um, this is his regular snake. And Cody said after being held hundreds of times, it was just his dad's time to go. I just, I hate that. so tragic. Right. No, it wasn't your dad's time to go. Because if you take uh, the snake out of the, the equation, equation. <laughs> God says it's not time for oh. him to go. Um, and then, uh, so, so the mentee, Hamblin, who is now not... You know, dealing Let's with... Let's just call him the only living one. <laughs> um, Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency officials seized 50 poisonous snakes, including rattlesnakes and copperheads from Hamblin in 2014, and cited him for illegally possessing dangerous animals. Hamblin claimed the state was violating his First Amendment religious rights pleaded not guilty to the charges the case was dismissed Um, yeah because that's what we were saying about the doofus who was um from florida who was quote selling his magic mineral cure as a sacrament like if you do it under the guise of a religious practice yeah you get to do all this bullshit Uh, isn't there anybody out there saying that that's Garbage? I mean, the case was me, dismissed. Me, but you, you and I. We're <laughs> we taking are. on. <laughs> Excuse me. So I don't know if there's a whole episode in that thing about the snakes, but maybe if I can find I that National that Geographic I'll special. Watch, I'll watch that one. What was the show called again? It was Snake Salvation. Snake Salvation. <laughs> <laughs> the venom made you slow. Oh, God. Anyway, so um, I just thought that was a nice smattering. That uh, is sampler. a nice smattering. We have cheating. We have death. We have snakes. We have guns. And we have the Yahoo Boys, which I found out that was the actual name of the scam that Mary Winkler fell for. Oh. Uh, yeah. But um, there's in these four stories, like everything that any show is made up of on right, Lifetime right. is represented. The church is a mess. So I don't know if you saw the the TikTok I did where I am just laughing at this one pastor who is from Florida and he (laughs) says he's like do you want to be on your couch if Jesus comes back and you're just sitting there in your underwear eating (laughs) cheesy poofs 
And I laugh my head off. And of course, in the last 10 days, he's been arrested for domestic abuse. And I'm like, it's so predictable. Like, it's just that there is just this out-of-handedness that keeps going on in churches. And people say, well, not in my church. Yeah. And I'm just like, fix, fix here, there are quite a few things that I think we've just named that I would rather not be doing where sitting on the sofa in my underpants looks like a pretty good way for Jesus to find me. Like, yeah. In a non-sexual yet inappropriate environment <laughs> with a pastor. Not holding a snake. Not holding a snake. Not being, <laughs> not visiting Alabama shores. Um <laughs> Yeah. All of that. Not having accidentally shot somebody. Um, there's so many ways that Jesus could find me in a worse, more compromising position. And he won't even need a burner phone. Oh, my gosh. I bet going to be a new song. Jesus don't need a burner phone. Jesus, no, you don't need a burner phone. Jesus don't need a burner phone to find me. Because he's got Google glasses. Um, <laughs> I oh, I walked into somebody's unit this week, and their little shoes were just sitting there, and my first initial reaction was, rapture happened. I didn't get to take. I didn't get taken. <laughs> it's just, it's it will never not be the reaction when I see a little pair of shoes just sitting there really? inappropriately in the middle of a room. Wow. You have trauma. I know. But then if you think of the logic, okay, so this Christian who got raptured was just standing around naked except for a pair of shoes. (laughs) No clothes. (laughs) Maybe that's a, since I'm such an introvert, I'm like, yeah, someone's not here. (laughs) I'm just like always happy if in general people are gone. So I think I would be thrilled. We can clean up the earth. All those things. <laughs> um, thanks for tearing apart my home. Yes. Uh, with these Tennessee pastors. And I know there are a million more. Like I looked at the document that you made and I hadn't even thought of those. I thought of just all these others. <laughs> and I know people are going to write in and be like, do this one, do that one. And we will. Sure. We will get to it. We get things all the time like have you covered this have you covered that and i just keep saying they're on the list because the list is so fucking long i really would like to know more about that snake (laughs) show (laughs) (laughs) you watch the one that i said was scary and get back to me no it was dark and funny no it was not (laughs) funny (laughs) Um, send us your funny stories, though. Have you ever held a snake? Have you At ever church. shot someone in the back? At church. Have, <laughs> do you have a toupee on top of your regular hair? At church. Send us all the stories, and we'll read them, and then we'll mock you. Um, With love. And everyone's blessed. Yeah. In That's love. it. All right. Well, um, thanks again for listening. And don't forget, apparently, if you rate us and review us, it helps our algorithm and it helps people find us. And um, and that's a good thing. And it, it you will get secret blessings 
in return. Um, but we've gotten lots of nice reviews lately, and seriously, we can't tell you. It's like food to us. It's, it's so sweet and inspiring and, and just phenomenal, and I never believe it. I never believe it when yeah. Karen shares them with me. And um, and another weird thing that's been happening lately, if you didn't listen to a couple other episodes, because Karen's on TikTok now, not being a good, <laughs> you know, obedient Christian, obedient Christians who have been told to find our podcast and give us a zero rating or whatever it is, <laughs> have done so. Without citing any sources. But I just pulled up one now from... A couple days ago, and someone wrote, humor's been super healing for me during my deconstruction. Um, and these ladies make me laugh out loud every episode. I love that they're such longtime friends, and it makes me feel included in a friend group when I listen. Oh, I can't wait to I talk about that. her behind <laughs> her back. Um, Want a three-way caller like we used to do our friends? And then you stay quiet, and I'll be like, so what do you really think of Bonnie? Um, then sh- this person wrote, so glad I came across her TikTok because their podcast is easily one of my favorites. Thank you so much. Uh, but, yeah, we really appreciate all of that. And like I said, go ahead and and just have children so you can buy them phones so then you can do a new review <laughs> for the podcast. Yes, buy children phones just for our needs. <laughs> yeah. And don't be a shit pile, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.